Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie. And I'm Taylor. And uh, there's uh, another nostalgia trip coming at you. Fucking, we are we are living in the in the early 2000s on Bad Movie Brunch. Maybe it's just our thing now. Maybe we'll just stick with mm-hmm. that theme and only watch movies from zero zero through like zero four. <laughs> Actually, wait, is this late 90s? Yeah, I thought you said that. I think this, this is late is 90s. Like, oh my god, even better. Because you were saying this seems like the antithesis to Toy Story. Totally. 1998. Yeah. Yep, yep, 98 sounds right. Then, I, I, we're, you know, Small Soldiers, dude. Small Soldiers, as chosen by Taylor for Bad Movie Brunch this week, like, is very distinctly in my, uh, the fabric of... Lucas Guy Taylor. <laughs> like, I, there's, like, definitely photos of me at, like, Christmas, like, wearing small soldier's clothes and getting this flick and being so excited. Like, marketing worked on me, works on me like a motherfucker. Still does. <laughs> and as a kid, I was like, oh, my God, those toys look cool. That movie's cool. And really, the movie kind of scared the shit out of me, but I really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, Jingle All the Way, they sold me the toy. I had a fucking Turbo Man. Like, I'm, I'm such a – I'm God's greatest consumer. Funny that what's his face has did two like uh, action figure movies. Who's that? The dad and the the dad. From... Oh, Phil Hartman. Yeah, yeah, good call. <laughs> He's like same year. Really? I, th- I think. Oh, I, that's weird. I think Jingle All the Way is ninety eight. Um, but that's just like I had to go off the bat and be like, I go deep with this shit. Like the, this is a this is a sweet pick. But my wife chose the flick. And I'm curious, like how like I you've never I don't think you've ever brought this like we're married and you've never brought this movie up <laughs> ever. I don't really know what. Uh, well, actually, you know what? I think it's when we got Paramount Plus, and I think I had seen it on um, like one of the movies you could watch, and so I was like, ooh, and then all of the sudden my brain remembers this whole movie very vaguely, but I also it's. Mostly, it's just the main, like, what what are they called? The Gorgonites? The Gorgonites. I remember them. The Commando Elite? But I remember the final scene of them getting to go on the boat and just, like, yeah. leaving. I That part in my brain is um, so seared into my mind. And I thought, is this movie um, going to hold up? Or is it going to be a dose of like, oh man, why'd you like this movie? Like, and also thinking exactly what you thought where it's like, oh my God, this movie's really intense for children and also very scary. And I think I knew it as a kid, but I just like remember watching it and definitely watching it like probably once a month after it came out. Yeah, I I think so. Katie, what about you? This is my first time seeing this movie. Ooh, <gasps> fun! Even better. That's it's, I bet you you fucking hated it then, because no, it, it, no, no, no. I was thoroughly entertained. Wow, that surprises me because I don't know if this plays. If you, if it, I, I, I mean, apparently it does. But I'm surprised to hear that because I feel like if you don't have some semblance of like the logo and stuff in your brain from like childhood blurs of of uh, <laughs> life in between like naps and shitting yourself and whatever else <laughs> happened in that in that era, Small Soldiers mm-hmm. was there too. Um, I think that's the reason I can still respond to it. So I'm 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 really interested to hear uh, how a first timer, yeah, woo, woo, saw woo, the flick. Woo. You know, <laughs> um, should we do a quick little summary and then go on? Sure. Katie, how do you feel? Do you want me to lead it, or are you okay to lead it? You lead it. How about All we get right. a, a Taylor Taylor summary this this week? 
Perfect. Um, so it opens up on the um, Globotech, and they have decided, it's like a commercial running for um, the idea that they are, are now reaching out from all their military and now soon will be making toys. Then we go to like Heartland Toys, which they have just like bought out and they have kept two people on board. Funny, hilarious uh, actors who I do not know the name of. The one and dude is like... From Arrested Development. Yeah, like synonymous with Arrested Development. Tobias Funke. Yes. In Arrested Development. But I can never, I cannot remember the actor's name. He's, a, he's so funny. Um, and they ha- are on because of this marketing campaign for what ends up being Small Soldiers. And the guy who bought them is like, hey, man, like, what are we going to do this to make it better? And all of a sudden in the pitch, they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put military grade level technology in them so they never need batteries here's access to all of our technology so you can do it and um paired with on the other hand tobias i'm gonna refer to him as that he doesn't get his poor fucking guy Um, look we are not perfect we don't get paid to do this if we got paid we'd remember and 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 honor everybody but instead just take us as like pseudo (laughs) stonery never mind sorry tobias we know your name (laughs) What is it, Katie? Katie. David Cross. David um, Cross. Yeah. Croft? Mm-hmm. Cross? Yes, Cross. F-T? S-T? S. Uh, like like Lara Croft, Tomb Raider? Oh, no, no, no. Like uh, C-R-O-S-S. Like a Jesus Cross. <laughs> yes. Got it. Got it. David Crucifix. David Cross it has created the... Gorgonites, and they're like his whole point is he wanted to make them so that kids will learn to explore and ask questions and like very wholesome and they're all really weird creatures and he's like no they're gonna be the enemies to the small soldiers bada bing bada boom they get access to the commando elite i don't think that anybody ever calls them the small soldiers it's just name of the movie like right isn't that one of those things where they like Mm -hmm. never look into the camera and say they're small soldiers. Like they, it may be the only thing that they don't do. Yeah, I'm telling you. Because they definitely do several looks into the camera of where you're like, okay, that, thank you. I got it. Um, and so uh, they get access. They're like, there's only one chip available, and it's military grade. And they just go for it and put them in all of them. We now get to our main character, Alan. The kid who has a sketchy past. That's the kid from the... Pa- I, recognize, I recognize this kid from the Patriot. Oh my god, I don't. He's totally in the Patriot. The only people he's, one of the, he's one of the Gibson sons. He's Heath Ledger's brother in the I was Patriot. just going to say, Heath Ledger and um, Mel Gibson are they the both, only... <gasps> they both might be in the Patriot. Kirsten Dunst's little brother, I think, is this kid's fucking brother, along with Heath Ledger in the Patriot. Yeah. Look it up. Don't look it up, really, but the listener, look it up. <laughs> Um, I think I got this. Very good. Um, and so Alan, he's like, he wants to save his da- dad's small business. So what he does is... Toy he, store, right? Yeah, a toy store. He, and so he's he's got an in with the truck driver who he sees these new cool toys. And he's like, well, I'm going to get a batch so my dad can finally make some money. And his he, dad doesn't sell war toys. But he so he's got to sell them quick enough before his dad gets home, which is dumb. Even though he's home, even though he is home in the entire thing, it must be like in town. It must be a, a convention that is 
a block yeah. away because he shows up several times. Like, Wait a minute. It's very confusing. Um, anywho, so he buys them. He takes them out of the package, and here comes the real thick of it. Oh, my gosh. They're alive. But not in the Toy Story way. The, like, they're alive, and these are military soldiers. And hence the rest of the movie where we get um, the – they're not called small soldiers. They're called – Commando elite. Trying to kill the – Gorgonites. And chaos ensues. The Gorgonites. Uh, and, the, and in the end, the Gorgonites live and... They hide, dude. That's what Gorgonites do. Yeah, they, that's what they do, man. They're they're pacifists. Yes. And I, I'm a Gorgonite, if I, if I do say so myself. Total misfit pacifist. Yes. And then they uh, battle royale and all of the guys, all the small soldiers, bada bing, crash, burn, dead. And then the Gorgonites magically live because they were underneath the satellite. Mm. And then they ship them off in a sailboat, the most mm. memorable thing in my brain, off to... They're Gorg- trying to find Gorgon. Yes. But, you know, that probably doesn't exist. But and Archer that- tells us... Yes. You know, like the last line of the movie, I think. Yes. That, or, I don't know if it's the last line. I think the last line is, I hope we don't hit an iceberg. But it's fucking... <laughs> uh, just because you can't see something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And I'm like, whoa, Santa Claus vibes. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, love it. But Living it also it. makes me think that, like, all of these toys just that end are... end on a pure line. Yeah, all these toys on, around us could come alive in a bad way. Isn't it... The, but that's the thing, though. Like, isn't this, like, the Mountain Dew Surge version of Toy Story? Like, this is the answer to, like, the edgy kids. are like, Toy Story, that's for fucking babies. I want fucking Tommy Lee Jones to throw knives in me you know like those kids want this movie this is if sid made a movie nice that's good that is oh i'm liking that yes and isn't like it's also like the other vibes i got was like the ants to bugs life it's like we are what if like we have what if we like fart and stuff that's not like pixar what if you see an ant's head just beheaded and he dies you don't even know what's gonna happen it's exactly like that yeah it was because then barbies were turned into soldiers and they're murderers and and they use torches to tennis balls and everybody has to bond they also put sleeping pills and gin and tonics is this are you still on the summary no i'm just saying oh (laughs) i just giving examples of what i what was crazy that happened there's some crazy shit the point is this isn't your grandma's toy story what is this rated Mm -hmm. pg-13 okay that's that's correct then but i think it's tough because doesn't it seem like it's like because I was watching it before 13, obviously. So, like, it's it's a weird little, like, misdiagnosis either in the marketing or in, like, something. Because in 98, I'm six years old. And I'm mm-hmm. loving this shit. So, that's not good. I'm five. Yeah. Well, like, you know what I mean? I, I looked into this a little bit. And I guess uh, Joe Dante originally was making an edgier movie for edgy teens, older, older kids. But then when sponsors got involved, they wanted it to be younger and so that's why the tonal why the tone is so uneven because some things were already filmed like probably that barbie scene um, oh yeah but uh which is pretty hardcore but then they kind of had to smooth some things out um to to make it more kid friendly and i guess burger king was pretty pissed when the movie got the pg-13 rating because they wanted to sell toys to go with the movie and the movie was supposed to help promote a special burger that they had out at the time 
So when they printed the toys, they had to be like, they had like a little disclaimer on them that was like, this movie may not be suitable suitable for younger children. And they, they were they were pretty spicy about it. Oh my god, I bet. I mean, there's lines in this movie that I just am like, it's nuts. It's nuts. oh, the, and like right before they turn all of the Barbies to uh, soldiers, they're like, can we get a little bit of R and R? Three day leave, and they yeah, like they yeah. leave. The, they put a, they put a shot from like the Barbies to like a bed. They leave the shot on the bed for a long time. Yeah, yeah, they do that part. The they're like, yo, movie. they're trying to smash those girl dolls. This, there's those Wendy's. Fucking, uh, yeah, I can't imagine if you're Burger King and you're like, oh my god, we just got, we just, we just sold so many Pokemon toys. What's next? And then it's <laughs> like, it's like, oh, cool, small soldiers. Uh, that's terrifying. And I think that's why, like, I look back at it and I'm like, oh, that movie's scary. It doesn't scare me now, thank God. I'm 28, but mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I remember it being like, I like the stuff. I like the toys. I had, like, I, I housed the merch. They got me. Yeah. Or they got my parents, therefore. But, yeah, I, I, like, I, I didn't remember, uh, I guess, like, I guess I, like, kind of like you, Taylor, like, blacked out during, like, the hardcore shit. I don't just remember them sailing off into the sunset quite like you. <laughs> I remember it being kind of, like, scary and violent. But um, the the finer the finer points of the plot, I was kind of like, whatever. I just, like, I knew the setup, and I and I kind of on the middle, and then the end was... Uh, was there in my head. I remember getting really fucking hardcore, like, them locked in the house and shit. But, I wonder if that's also how we got away with watching it. It's like, if our parents are, like, turning on a movie, they're probably paying attention the first, like, 20 minutes, and it takes a while to get to the violence. And then, it like... It does. I mean, dude, we're 40 minutes deep into that movie, and we're, like, we've met, like, one Gorgonite and, like, like a member of, like... I'm like, Jesus Christ, there's an hour left of this? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And then the violence just, like, goes straight through the roof. Like, are, the, are your parents out of the room, kid? And we're like, we look around, we're like, yes. And they're like, all right, cool. We're going to do some weird shit with these girl dolls. And, like, then in the end when they, like, take... Um, Kirsten Dunst hostage. Yes. Like a rag in her mouth. Yes. Mm-hmm. But also they, like, put her in... Uh, they, when she's, like, murdering all the dolls with the, um, um, the lawnmower... And when he's like climbing up the power, um, oh, he, what's it called? The power thing. I don't know. Oh, it's total and... Chucky vibes too. Like yeah. this is more, this is more Chucky than Toy Story, I guess. When I sit and think about it, but it just is like on the heels of Toy Story. It feels like such an answer, doesn't it? One hundred percent. Universal's like, oh, we can do that shit, but we're gonna be a little crazy. We're not your, we're not, <laughs> we're not Disney over here. We're Universal, fucking Jaws, man. Um, this movie is as good as Jaws. You heard it here. <laughs> I'm just I do think that this movie, like, if I can, watching it, I do think it's a little long. Um, How long is it? One forty-eight. Yeah, an hour and fifty minutes. Um, but I think one there. I'm like starting to identify things that will really just get my go. I love an underdog story so much that I will watch this movie and not pay attention to certain scenes and still be like, mm, that's a good movie. Yeah, it's not squeaky clean, but it's not I, I, It's not that bad for the most part. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, you mm-hmm. definitely, like, kids shouldn't watch it. There's a, a PG-13, I think, is a good call. Um, I think it'd be more fun if there were just cuss words and make it R because it feels like more of, like, a movie for you know, like, late teen stoners than it does for, like, six-year-old children. Yeah. Like, this is a... You know what I mean? Because it's, like, it plays as really funny now that we understand the the 
the fucking satire, but as a kid, nobody's picking up on like this is a commentary on dumbass corporations and invasive military and like <laughs> fucking you know we're just like all right toys you know like the, it's kind of like <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats in that way where there's a PG thirteen mm-hmm. movie that seems like maybe it's for kids but really they're making a commentary on like consumerism or whatever it's very much um, it's gonna be over the heads of kids. And enough grownups aren't even gonna see it to to pay the to pay the bills. You know what I'm saying? Like I I don't know what the box office was, but I don't imagine this was a darling. What did you think, Katie? Yeah, we're really just we're re- <laughs> Katie. Are you on this podcast? Because we're really just we're just, <laughs> we're just bulldozing. No, no, no. Talk no, for thirty fun. minutes straight. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. I um, it's. I think the animation holds up surprisingly well. Like, a lot of the, the close-up shots, I guess, were, were puppets, but most of the movie is CG, at least the CG with the uh, the small soldiers and the Gorgonites. And there's some parts that didn't age totally well, but I think it is, like, another thing like Toy Story, where it was good that they went with toys because they can look plastic, and it doesn't totally take you out of the movie. Um, there were... Kirsten Dunst, I think, is one of the weakest characters in this movie. Yep. Um, she is the the love interest, and uh, she tells our main character, "I only date older guys." Which, all right, yeah. I guess, Ugh. I guess that's a thing somebody that age would say. But but the thing that really confused me about her is that it seemed like her Gwendy doll collection was very sincere. Um. And yeah. then when they get all messed up and Frankenstein turned into evil dolls voiced by Sarah Michelle Gellar and Christine Ricci, Christina Ricci, um, she's like, I never liked these anyway. And it's like, no, you did. And I was kind you of disappointed did. about that because I felt like her liking the Gwendy dolls actually gave her an interesting part to her character. Because at some point, she and our lead teenager are having a conversation and they both hate the same sitcom, and they both like Led Zeppelin, and he literally says, he literally says, you're not like other girls. So yeah, that one was tough, was, too. That one was tough, too. The fact that she would have an, a feminine interest that is a little bit younger and not cool, I, I actually thought that was really interesting. And I thought when she was telling her little brother to shut up about mentioning that she had Gwendy dolls, that it was because it was something that, she hadn't outgrown yet like like she was still a, a bit of a child herself and i i felt cheated that she said i never liked these anyway because I, I really wanted i, I wish we could because again this is such a a boy toy narrative and it always would be i know there's not a lot of time to focus on girl toy narrative but it is there it's it's present and i there is like this intense pressure when you're growing up that like you have to put this childish thing away and this thing that like fashion especially during that time period there was a lot of um pressure on girls to be not like other girls to be more tomboyish to like more boy things and i i kind of wish that we had had a moment to i don't know just acknowledge that girl toys are a thing and they're not bad but i guess we just had to make them zombies terrifying zombies that didn't really resemble barbies but that was probably also a legal thing so yeah definitely that was really my only issue (laughs) um uh, drugging the parents uh was a pretty pg-13 choice 
Uh, mm-hmm. But it didn't really bother me. Um, uh, Phil Hartman shines once again as a douchey dad. Always. Always. Uh, the mom that is married to Phil Hartman also confused me because I think she was drugged during some of the sequences. So she wasn't making a lot of sense. Um, Even though they both took a sip of the gin and tonic, I think that uh, the movie was implying that she was still a little loopy. Uh, Like she was fighting the, the, okay. But, but she had some very odd lines near the end there. (laughs) But um, I thought the action was really good. Like there's Mm -hmm. that scene where, um, one of the, the the commando elites is chasing our main character while he's on a bike. And yes. he has to navigate the bike. And there's a dog chasing. So there's a lot of elements that are really complex. And it's totally. not even just in terms of animation, although that's a feat in and of itself. But just the fact that there's so many pieces to that scene, like, like the conflict of it. And how the perspective, like, they can feel like there's a lot of thought put into how these characters would move in such a big environment being so small. And I, I really appreciated that. Um, I do wish we got a bit more of the, the Gorgonites. I feel like because it's small soldiers, we have to spend most of the time on the commando elites. So, um, but, but I did like that they, uh, l- like there's a line that David Cross says early on that they're, they learn, they, they're supposed to help kids learn and those are the action figures that get really interested in the computer and with the online encyclopedia. And they, they really take knowledge to heart. I wish that would have paid off a little bit more instead of just the, the final shot of what the, the, um, the park that, I, that they were choosing to make Gorgon. But uh, I still like that, that it was there, that it was, it was visible. But um, yeah. I, I, I had a really good time. It's so much fun. I feel like you hit, like, a lot of the, like, main things where you're, like, crit- there's two things that I take away from all of the movies we've been watching lately for our bad movie brunch. Uh, I don't think it should shock people that millennials are um, question the government and, like, big businesses because it's, like, mm-hmm. man, a lot of the movies that were marketed to us were, like, you bad big business yeah, going they're, to they're ruin your shit, yeah. they're gonna ruin your toys and they're gonna ruin your lives and they're trying to get you to buy everything and then to the uprising of women now being like man you really did like try to make us convince us that we not only had to be different but we also couldn't like girly things but that's also what you were giving us and it's like it just makes me laugh because I'm like, wow, it's so crazy how much I feel like this watching these things have made us into the adults that we are. And then mm-hmm. um, I just I think you're right. I could have more Gorgonites with the Gorgonites deserve a, a movie in itself. And I also mm-hmm. think that acknowledging the puppetry of like they did a puppet sequence between the main two guys of the Gorgonites and the commander elite. And you can watch it on YouTube, and it's so cool watching them puppet it. And I, I'm a big puppeteer fan, and so um, I would highly recommend watching it. But I just am like, I feel like that's why they were so specific with their movements. Is because I'm like, if you've got puppeteers working on your movie, that's really just like, it's another art form. There's so much art forms in this well, movie. At first, you were like, that's is that claymation? And I was like, oh, it does look that way a little bit. And then you're like, no, it's puppetry. And from what I understand, like, 
they ended up doing like a third puppetry, but I guess the original idea was to do like way more, Ugh. like way more. Um, I think the same can be said for like, you know, theming too. Like the idea was to do it like Katie mentioned, like a little darker and stuff. Um, Katie, apparently, so I'm looking at this Burger King thing you were talking about. And according to Joe Dante, the MPAA gave the film a PG-13 because of the scene where they put drugs in her booze. Oh, like, okay. Isn't that fucking weird? Like, that's the thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is fucked up, but, like, like of all the, like, weird violence and blood and stuff, like, they <laughs> cut that kid's hand pretty quick in the movie, and it's like, it's scary, and they're coming at you with knives, like, kitchen knives. It's scary as shit. A chainsaw. Yeah, he's it's like, oh, I want that chainsaw. They're like, oh, violence is fine. We call it action. Like, that's actually said in the mm-hmm. movie, and I love it. And that's definitely, uh, that's what MPAA. That's the MPAA. <laughs> well, they're like, oh, totally. Yeah, I, I agree, Dennis. <laughs> no. That's crazy. That's like, so weird. But you know, I, 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 you know, I appreciate that they acknowledge that's bad, but I'm surprised that that's the push. Um, how interesting. Oh my god, they were gonna make another movie. Yes, I was gonna get to that. Sorry. No that. worries. <laughs> All right, no bear in the lead. Uh, apparently, there was a remake of Small Soldiers in development by Fox called Toy Mageddon. Uh, I'm reading this on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, the script was purchased in January 14, and Justin Lin of fucking Fast and Furious fame. Uh, it was set to produce the film. The story was described to be set in a toy factory that begins to run amok. Uh, then it was not explicitly stated to be a remake of Small Soldiers, but when Fox uh, was bought by Disney, um, Disney canceled the flick, and uh, along with 200 other projects, and uh, it was revealed Jesus. the film was intended as a remake of Small Soldiers. How interesting. I think I think that we uh, now is a good time if you were to remake that just because we're here talking about it and probably would logically watch that one too. Um, I don't know how it would do in theaters unless they put together like – you'd have to throw in some like big celebrities, right? Like don't you think? To like make this happen again, like – I mean this was a $40 million budget on this flick and it made worldwide like less than 90. I don't know – I don't know – if you could do it for 40 without big names and expect the turnaround just on name brand alone. I think it would have mm. to be big, a big toy company. I think if you got a, um, something, I don't know what's big and popular with kids nowadays for toys, but if you could get a, like something that they'd be interested in, uh, and my other option thinking in my head, cause for some reason, Seth, like you mentioning stoners made me think of Seth Rogen, made me think of sausage party. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that movie and I don't think I'd like it, but I feel like he could make a version of this movie that could be very funny. Doesn't the logical like next step in this movie, like the third Pokemon evolution of this movie feel like team America world police, like full on oh, puppetry, yeah. full on rated R full on explicit. I don't even know what that is. That's the, the the South Park guys made it, America, fuck yeah. You really don't know that? No. Hmm. Look it up. Sorry. Look it up, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's like, if, if Toy Story is Squirtle and this is War Tortle, that's definitely the Blastoise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh. Apparently, Katie, some restaurants accepted in exchange for Mr. Potato Head toys at Burger King for uh. their small soldiers. They're like, fuck this. And then I and then I made out like a madman because I love me some potato head. Mm-hmm. So funny. Um, I I don't know like where do we go from here? I remember having a com- I remember having like a coloring book from this. I remember like having the one gorgonite toy where it, like that spun really fast and talked a lot. Like and if you hit a button on it, it would spin in a circle. It was fucking crazy. Like I'm just 
the more I sit and think about how much money was probably spent on merch for this flick in my household alone, um, I bet you maybe that's where like it, it, it makes out okay. Like even if the even if the box office just makes your money back. Oh, it's a commercial. Remember Kinda the like movie? Jingle all the way and how hard they sold those toys. Yeah, you know? in the movie. I know I already said that. In the movie, they say like you were laughing when he's yeah. there. He's like, "Oh yeah, all this just for we this could." This would just... have been a great commercial. And I'm I like, ah, you got me, you motherfucker. That's what I mean. <laughs> I I truly believe that you, if you got a major company to sign on in development because you wanted to sell this next big toy, you could easily do that and remake this movie. Uh, it just hap- it hap- it it happens to be a good like. Snowstorm, I feel. I think or... Netflix series would be cool. The way like Motu came back and and they they did that, you know, not animated because it takes forever, but like a little like six or eight episode season, see how it fares, like and do the kind of what they're talking about they want to do in the remake, like have a toy factory run amok and kind of plug in new. I feel like those Netflix shows they do and the actors they find for those, like I I often really enjoy them. Um, maybe a good spot for that, and then you don't have to like worry about a box office you don't have to make the budget quite as high it doesn't have to be quite as like a uh, big name and i think people are in hard enough on the netflix brand to check it out and then they would end up selling toys again you know what i mean it'd be it'd be this whole thing uh i think kenner maybe did these did these toys originally kenner, kenner a subsidiary of hasbro i mean like I, I kenner did the star wars toys that's how i know that name dude like uh <laughs> But you know Hasbro is one of the big leagues. Katie, who does uh, who does Transformers? Hasbro, Hasbro Boom. does Transformers. The big mm-hmm. leagues, you know what I mean. I think I think Hasbro and Netflix could reboot this and do a show, and people would would flip their lid. I think that's the proper medium. What do you think? I think I I agree. Spielberg as an executive producer. Well, does it? He did ahead, executive produce this, and I think he co-wrote right. it with his sister, but they chose not to put their names on it. Oh, <gasps> I didn't know they co-wrote. What I just happened? saw that. I, maybe he's like, ooh, that sucks. <laughs> Which, maybe I don't like know. Again, way. I was thoroughly entertained. Yeah, I think it plays just fine. Aside from, like, you know, the, the human beings are all pretty two-dimensional. The toys are yeah. the ones that are actually interesting. Do you guys have a favorite Gorgonite? The main one. Or the one that yeah, talks Archer. like this. Yeah, I I don't I like know. The I, I can never one. decide. They're all so fucking funny to me. See, they could have their own. T- they could have their own show because I will say I think that's where the movie kind of gets lost in what like Katie's saying about we don't really get to know much about them. It's like the movie actually tends to be more about the adults and or the people versus the small soldiers. Not really so much as the Gorgonites versus. Um, the small soldiers. Oh, I'm mm. looking at the toys and they're sweet, Katie. <laughs> I don't know. Are they getting also, me again? Yeah, Luke's going to be the... buying one. Go ahead, Katie. S- speaking of sweet, sweet IP and combining things, all of the Gorgonites were voiced by, um, or at least, well, most of the Gorgonites were voiced by uh, the actors in This is Spinal Tap. And uh, a lot of the small soldiers actors were voiced by actors from the Dirty Dozen. God damn, dude! There, th- mm-hmm. I mean, this movie, this movie needs to be in the fucking National Film Registry. Stop! No, <laughs> I'm in. I love this movie. I'm living for it. You, you just, yeah. you wouldn't see something like this now. And I mean, you could argue for for better or for worse. I, I just think that we had a different kind of vibe during that era. 
where we were more willing to do scary things for kids. And, I mean, honestly, this one was meant to be for older teenagers before it got kind of softened a little bit. And it didn't get softened completely. But, like, I don't think something like this would make it to theaters these days, even with, like, no. the excitement of selling toys. I also think that There's... these days a lot of things are less toy-centric um, yes. than they were during that era uh, be because we don't have, or at least we don't really the toy buying has has changed we're not so much brick and mortar anymore we're amazon so yeah that that's another way that like the kind of consumer culture has shifted and it's just that again we're, we're slowly seeing a resurgence of the family film but i think it might be a hot minute before we get to like the scary family film again oh a hundred percent that also makes me think about like this actually movie, maybe not toys, maybe that's what they wouldn't sell, but it's a video game. Mm -hmm. You know, like, the, you're more likely to get people on, it's how we got Angry Birds, like, you know, it, we're more likely to get people to buy a video game or, or even a board game than we are likely to, because there's not even Toys R Us anymore, like, than we are to get, go into a toy store, go and buy a, a single toy that's, like, even... I have a nanny, and so, like, now I'm thinking about all the toys that they buy. It's hardly themed around, like, you've got Paw Patrol, but I think Paw Patrol was the TV show before it was the thing. Like, you don't really have things so much anymore that are um, actual toys. There's a societal shift in what's, like, acceptable, too, for, like, like Katie's talking about, for the family, like, to watch in a scary family flick and, and what's a little edgier also because like never forget jaws is rated pg like mm. pg dude and then like and like you also have like the 80s where you have like raiders of the lost ark and he's fight, fighting nazis and shit and like things are a little more hardcore in 98 this is pg-13 and it's pretty hardcore and stuff but now you're right like this shit doesn't like there's so much less and it's probably for the best i mean better or worse argue it's probably for the best that we are like not exposing the kids until like uh until they uh, you know whatever is deemed necessary but it just shows how much like decade by decade like how kind of hardcore like hardcore things were and how less and less so which again for better or worse but it's just something to point out can you imagine sh like showing your kid uh, a shark eat fucking an entire dude <laughs> like you know what i mean and like like and and you're sitting there in the theater and it's pg parental guidance <laughs> no 13 they throw corn cob sticks into somebody's leg and it's PG-13. I grew up with brothers who made me watch really scary movies. So, like, I remember I have, like, a strong memory of watching too many scary movies, which is probably why I can't do scary movies anymore. But, like, it was there was no holding back, I feel like, for our generation. I mean, we had to learn, right? We were just getting to the point where we were really – films you could see whatever you wanted and like it was fun to go to the movie theater and that was a night out and so it's like we're real soda drinking kids too like we're the last era of like sugar ass like i mean they still have it a little bit like they took that out of schools and stuff after us and everything remember mm -hmm. like we were like i can eat ice cream for lunch if i want i literally did i used to there's a room that has ice cream and i'm eating it don't oh my tell God. my mom I would get money, school money, and I would get a pretzel and an ice cream sandwich mm -hmm. for lunch in middle school. Yeah. Now kids can't even touch sugar only like once a week. They gave us Jolly Ranchers like like five times a day in class just as like a point system. Like like you earned a mm -hmm. JR. It fucking happened in middle school. I'm not <laughs> shitting you. I ate so many. 
They don't make the lemon anymore. Well, they do, but it doesn't come in the main There's bag. There's a lemon one? Lemon's fire fire. No, blue raspberry was where it's at. Yeah, I mean, it's great. They're all, I mean, they're all pretty damn great. Look. What's, what's your favorite, Katie? <laughs> Lime. What's, what's your favorite? Lime? Ooh, Ooh. Oh, my God. Very good choice. <laughs> I will say that that would be my second choice. And then the red. You don't like watermelon? Nope. I like it. Like the grape? Warheads? We used to have warheads, folks. Dude, I saw. I, I saw, can't do I saw, warheads as an adult. That's something that's just gone from my my. Shit palate. makes me want to weep. Yeah. Ooh, I can't even think about it. I'm starting to salivate. I don't like it. I don't like it. The sour <laughs> patch straws. Yum, yum yum. I can eat those. Those are fine. But don't talk about no warhead like talk gummies, right now. Though. Oh man. Mouth getting all sloppy, dude. Lemonheads. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are pretty old. Taylor, those are like 100 years old. Lemonheads <laughs> were around in the Civil War, dude. You're from the Civil <laughs> they, were, they were. You're they were. from the Civil War. <laughs> Lemonheads are good. We're about to have a Civil War. America Civil War. Dude, Captain Phil Hartman, America. Phil Hartman has a line in this that goes, I think World War II was my favorite war. Yeah, that one made me I laugh like, out loud. Yeah. That's the daddest thing to say of all time. Uh, I wonder if that's also, like, if that was written in there, but, like, the reason why he's also just, like, a standout was was he just improvising lines I mean, he's an you know SNL, what i mean he's an snl like, like god like it that's what i'm saying i feel like that's why maybe he was the best because honestly the rest of them probably just had to read from the script and maybe that's why steven and his sister didn't want to put their names on it because it's the script is like eh. and that's what it feels long yeah so, mm. any final thoughts on small soldiers <laughs> i feel like we're we've exhausted it I think Small Soldiers is uh, an interesting product of its time. I definitely wouldn't recommend it for a small child, but I enjoyed watching it as an adult, and I feel like if you, um, like maybe a middle schooler or some like a kid just about to go into middle school would really appreciate this movie. Uh, I think that the, the casting choices are pretty funny. Um, it does feel a little uneven, and there is some uh, dated jokes or comments, but overall, I again thoroughly entertained, had a good time, would recommend. There you go. You heard it from Katie Grotzinger, the 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 resident expert on on children's <laughs> programming. And also like fresh eyes, seeing mm. it for the first time mm. and recommending it. Mm. I can only recommend it with a tall glass of nostalgia. I like that. I'm kind of in that camp too. Like I I'm, I'm actually thrilled to watch it again. I wasn't I wasn't super pumped to revisit it, to be honest with you, because I figured it would probably suck now. But it, it, it held up to me in a, in a way that I didn't expect. Like, I still thought it was pretty funny. Uh, funnier for different reasons, but, like, the stuff I thought was funny as a kid was still pretty funny. Like, those two bumbling fucking toy dudes are hilarious to me. I could I could watch a whole movie with them. Like, if the, if the whole thing was from their perspective, I'd be super into it, too, you know? Bada bing, mm-hmm. bada bim. Um, extra credits? Sure. Oh, I'll start. Um, we watched Suicide Squad two weeks ago. The we Suicide on. Squad. Sorry, 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 sorry. The. 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 You're Very distinct David difference. Ayers, no, no. James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. And um, we watched it on our anniversary weekend. And I have to tell you, I was going in being like, I am doing this for Luke. I don't know why I'm, we're watching it. And then I went in and I was like, Wow. It was fun. It was exciting. I always love watching uh, Margot Robbie because she basically does all of her own stunts. She's just hilarious. She shines in it. Everybody else is very funny in it, too. Um, and that's just my simple uh, how I feel about Spoiler that. Spoiler free. Quick yes. The Suicide Squad. One sentence review from Taylor. 
Thank you. And we watched Coda. Um, I'll let you explain it a little bit more. You're just the one who found it, and so I well, like... I'm I'm not the one who found it. Fucking this thing, this thing was a Sundance darling. Um, like one, like three of the major awards. Fucking crushed there, sold for unprecedented unprecedented dough. Uh, and it became an Apple TV original, quote unquote. They picked it up, and it just premiered this week. So it'll be like out for a couple weeks by the time this airs. We're backlogged a little. Life's busy. Um, but basically, CODA, Child of Death, Death Adults, uh, and it's the, the story of a girl who, um, you know, her brother, her mom, and her dad are deaf. She's hearing. Um, and they work as, like, fishermen on a boat, like, scraping on a living in, like, Massachusetts. She develops an interest in, in music and singing and wants to do that and wants to go to Berkeley and Boston, um, but also struggling with, like you know, her identity, leaving her family alone to deal with that. I don't want to spoil anything. Um, and, you know, she has to learn to kind of, like, juggle that that together. It's a very nice new lens on the coming of age. Like, I'm a sucker for a coming of age flick and a story about – you have a story about a girl who wants to do the thing, the art thing but has her family and, and likes a boy. Like, I'm already – I'll watch the shit out of it. But when you, when you put it through a lens and do some of the moves they do – um, it was, it's completely unique. We haven't seen anything like it in the mainstream, and it's gonna it's gonna kick a door wide the fuck open. Cause you're sitting there and being like, you know, uh, three three of your main cast members are deaf, and you're reading you're reading a movie as well as like watching their performance. Unless unless you know you know sign language, I should learn it. We all probably should. Um, mm. And they're magnificent actors, magnificent. Like and and there i am like sitting there and being like well holy shit like why is this just now happening and, and i think everybody's like i'm sure that's what the thought was when they everybody watched that sundance and was blown the fuck away i'm sure that's gonna be the thought from like everybody who watches this flick and i think it's gonna really uh like you know help lead a charge on more inclusive uh perform- performers and storylines that um have not been present in the mainstream um and i just want to give a quick shout out because um a few of the main actors were from um, Los Angeles is, uh, oh gosh, it's, uh, I think it's the, they call it, oh, it's a, s- a specific theater company. I think it's Deaf West End. And if that's not correct, mm. I will correct myself in uh, the end. I'll re-go and say it. But anywho, um, it's an incredible theater company that has taken several musicals and put in um deaf actors and uh, the artistry that comes from that is incredible so it was really cool to see this translate to film and they it's just so good it's also the the main boy from sing street in it doing an doing an american accent he's like the love interest in this flick and i hadn't seen him since sing street so it was really nice to see that he's still um working and in such a you know dope movie it's really fucking good we're walking commercial for apple tv i like too. apple tv it's like the cheapest <laughs> app out there and they're putting out good shit like i don't love all of it but the stuff that we get like stuck on we adore like physical blew me away like season yes. one of physical blew my mind i was like this is my favorite show this year ted lasso is getting in season two yeah it's good it's hilarious they did we a christmas a... episode in august whatever it was great <sighs> and um i'm watching schmigadoon which is all about musicals just mm. They have an A24 deal going on, so there's, like, that JGL TV show. They had that Sofia Coppola movie. Like, there's there's lots of interesting content. And not just there, but everywhere. Like, we're finally... 
I mean, you know, there's Delta variant memes aplenty on the internet and stuff, but we're finally in a spot where new content's coming out and, and weekly, and holy shit, does it feel nice. We were so barren for so long. Yeah. And then I watched The White Lotus on HBO Max, and it's one of those things, again, HBO Max. <laughs> it's one of those things where I still can't tell. Is it's like someone was talking about how HBO puts, like, rich white women who look beautiful and because we don't want them to be financially struggling. We don't want to see that. Um, and just kind of like their crazy lives. Of, so uh, I've watched every episode, unfortunately, and fortunately. Ugh. And I'll probably watch the episode that came out tonight. Um, it just is, you know, if, if you haven't wa- listened to any of these episodes, you know I have a love-hate relationship with HBO Max. So take it as you will. Those are all my extra credits. From the girl who does not want to be cast by HBO Max. No, Taylor, that's all Taylor, right. Taylor. <laughs> all right. Mo- moving on. Uh, Katie, hit me with some extra credits. Yeah, I saw two uh, classics this week for the first time. Um, awesome. So we're recording this on the 15th. So last Friday was Friday the 13th. And yes. I had never seen Friday the 13th before. Oh, good. So, yeah. So I was like, oh, it's it's time. And of course that movie's really interesting because it's the the genesis of that franchise. But what's so funny watching it, and I, I knew this going going in, but I wasn't quite as mentally prepared as I thought, was that the, the, the true cultural character of that film doesn't truly appear in that film. And then uh, afterwards I was looking it up and he doesn't really appear until the third one. Like he he's where he's apparently wearing a um, Jason Voorhees. Apparently he wears a uh, pillowcase over his head for uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, but the hockey the hockey mask doesn't appear until Part Three. So that's a case wow. where the franchise really had to come into its own to like finally achieve the cultural thing that we all know it is. And I was looking it up, and like basically a Friday the Thirteenth movie was coming out every year in the eighties. Just boom, 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 one right after the other. And it's it's weird because the way that the first movie ends, it's like, well, that was the movie. Like, like there, there's no franchise potential, but because it was so popular, and I guess it was the most popular one of the franchise to this day, they were just like, who cares? Like, we'll, we'll make something up. And they did. And what they ended up coming up with is, again, the thing that we know those films for, at least that I know those films for. So I thought that was really interesting because other than that, it felt, I mean, I mean, I, again, thoroughly entertained, um, but it, it did feel like just, you know, a standard f- slasher film, like, like nothing out of the ordinary. Um, but, but I'm glad to, to have watched it and put it under my belt. And one of these days I'll watch uh, part two and part three to, to get more of that cultural knowledge that's um, some Mandela effect shit, isn't it? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. uh, not seeing the mask until that deep. Uh, it, that that reminds me of, um, like, there's, like, the Casablanca. Of- oh, my God. There's a motherfucker <laughs> outside my house, like, playing the loudest music. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it pisses me off. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know people Aww. podcast in L.A., sir? <laughs> you know what I mean? Regardless. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Uh, what was I even saying? We were talking about the mask and Mandela effect. And... Guys, pissing me off so bad. Uh, yeah, it reminds me of like there's like the Casablanca line people always get wrong and like he's looking at you, kid. Yeah, oh, no, I think that one's right, but I think the play it again, Sam, never actually is said. Like stuff like that. Um, kind of weird how that happens in like pop culture and whatnot. Um, what else, Katie? 
The other one that I watched for the first time, and I kind of did this on a whim, because I don't know um, if you guys do this, but sometimes when I have, like, a bad day, I want to watch an easy movie, but sometimes I'm in a weird oh, yeah. mood where I want to watch an easy oh, yeah. uh, romance movie, and <laughs> or in a new one, one that I haven't seen before. I want, it, I want an easy watch that will also broaden my horizons. It's a very specific mood. And yes. um, I saw on HBO Max that High Fidelity was on there. And I was like, oh, I've never seen High Fidelity before. And boy, howdy, was that a watch. I um, I have a lot of conflicting feelings about High Fidelity. I think it's incredibly well done. Uh, everybody acts their part very, very well. Um, but it also suffers from being made in 2000. In that the, the lesson that... It's one of the least romantic movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And I, I'm almost <laughs> baffled that it was in the romance section because it's kind of an anti-romance. Because the resolution of that film is to settle. And the the girl that John Cusack is trying to get the entire time, she just tells him, like, I'm too tired to look for anyone else. And he thinks about cheating on her, but then doesn't, and then thinks about making her a mixtape instead. And it's like, great. These people leave, live terrible lives. I don't feel good about any of this. Like, why? Why Why any of this? Um, but again, by that same token, thoroughly entertained. Uh, Jack Black does, uh, it brings his manic Jack Black energy to that. He's more of a saltier character than usual. He's not quite as lovable as he, he is in later films. Um, but, but, but it's an interesting, like, snapshot of that time period. And I just, I, I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. I'm so hung up on that movie. Bro, I'm cringing. I think that is a douche fucking movie. <laughs> I, I cannot stand it. I think, but you're, but for the, for the reason that, like, I sh- if I would have seen it when I was younger, I probably would have dug it because you're right. But watching it, I, I Jake S. Weissman presented it to me because it was important to him because he saw it when you're supposed to, when things are mm-hmm. a little more acceptable and stuff, I guess. I have no idea what even mm-hmm. – that, that all sounds horrible, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I watched it in, like, 2019, and I was like, dude, I can't stand this motherfucker. And also, this movie mm-hmm. sucks. And also, and also, Jack Black's the only saving grace for me. I thought he was funny. But I'm like, oh, poor you, you motherfucker. Like, I could not stand it. I've never seen He's it. It's so set in Chicago. Entitled. He works at a... What'd you say? He's so wildly entitled, the main oh, character. He's a piece of shit, dude. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> it, it's like, it's in Chicago, love it. Works at a record store, love it. But he's just a fucking, like, music snob. I'm smarter than every man and especially every woman. Like, mm-hmm. like, oh my, oh, I can't even think about it. I'm getting... Uh, but yes, I. you know what? It, I think I'm just bummed because then they did... They spun it and did that Hulu show, and and I didn't watch it because I hated this movie so bad. But everybody who did watch it said it's like really good, and it was like Zoe Kravitz and like kind of flipped it on its ear, and and it was more um more romantic and interesting. So I don't know. I've, I've been I've been it. very tempted to watch the TV show because I I hated the movie so or I didn't hate the movie, but again I have such conflicted feelings about that Rough movie. movie. I hated John Cusack's character. It is entertaining. It is super entertaining. Like I don't mean to like. I don't feel like I'm usually so, like, fire and brimstone, but I watched that movie and it pissed me off. I was like, ugh. I got, I, that, I got 30 minutes in and I was like, Erica, I need you to watch this with me. So I, I need somebody <laughs> else to, to see this so I'm not crazy. And I was like, he's just the worst, right? Like, like, oh, he's a piece of shit. And we kept waiting for him to learn a lesson and he 
does, but the lesson is to settle. And it's just so, it, the ending is so thoroughly bleak. It, it's, it's almost comical. Like, it's, it's just like, like, oh, there's no romance in this romance movie. It's like going back to How I Met Your Mother and you're like, oh, Ted's a piece of shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know what? Me and No Five didn't realize that. <laughs> um, Katie, recommendation. I don't know if we, I've told you this. I watched, I went back and did the same exact thing this week. And I watched my favorite romance movie about time. Oh, so good. Which if you have not seen ah, that, oh my not. God. You it's gotta. slightly divisive, not for the same reasons at all. No. But there's like, I love that movie. And and most people I talk to do too. But I think there's like, a sm- I'll be interested it's where a, Katie Falls. It's a plot problem. Right. It's like a, and it's there's a, a, yes. got it, got it, yes. got it, got it. Uh, it's so, but it is my favorite movie. It's like, time travel it's romantic. It's, it's so good. You, but I highly recommend that the next time. Same guy who wrote Four Weddings and a Funeral and Notting Hill and um, Love Actually. Big fan. Big fan. But yes. Huge. Huge fan. <laughs> I'm just a fan. I, I turn into a fan for that man. Anywho. Oh, thank you for the recommendation. I'll, I'll definitely keep that in mind next time I'm like... I want to watch a romance movie, but a new romance movie. Oh, it'll hit the spot. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're up, babe. Hmm? I, I thought we kind of went to, we watched Suicide yeah. Squad. That's, that's, that's really the only new, I mean, I watched that. Uh, Several times. Yeah, I, I really love it. Superman <laughs> and Lois is almost done. It's really been good. Uh, I'm going to check out the new season of Titans on HBO Max, catch up on that. Um, football's back on football's that's really where my head is at this point like i'm I'm, i love media but i'm really excited about uh sports so i'm really pumped football's uh on its way back in but that's about it honestly like um i I watched one of oh holy shit i should mention this (laughs) marvel's what if uh on disney plus is fucking stellar man like the animation's beautiful it is an absolute dream uh, of somebody who goes very deep with all of this. Like there's everybody, this is ingrained in pop culture. Like your, your grandma knows who Thanos is, but like for the people that like watch first Avenger in theaters, like three times and like every phase of it, like their life has been lived by each phase of like the MCU. The show is dependent. Like it'll play if you're, if you're not, but if you are, it's like, Oh my God! It's like your 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 wildest dreams come true, and and not only that, but they spend a shitload of money to do it. Um, and the the Marvel What If comics are a, like a classic staple of uh of like Marvel lore too, like posing scenarios that you can't do in the main in the mainstay. So they're like, well, what if this happened? Where like so now they are like introduce the watcher into the MCU, and he's like, oh, there's all these timelines, and I can watch but not interfere. And let's go over to this one where. Peggy Carter gets injected with the Captain America serum instead of uh, Steve Rogers. And so she's like Captain Britain. And, and he gets like, Howard Stark makes him like a fucking, you know, rudimentary Iron Man suit. And they're like punching up people together. It's fucking badass. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and all this other shit. Like, I think we're doing zombie caps. Like, I've been promising there. Uh, Chadwick Boseman's last turn as Black Pan- uh, as T'Challa. But it's like, what if T'Challa were abducted by like Yondu and those guys instead of Star-Lord. So T'Challa, Star-Lord, oh. like stuff like that. And it's, it's some people are rep- uh, reprising their roles. Some people aren't. Um, but it, that is a, that's an absolute trip. And probably my favorite thing they've done on Disney plus with Marvel so far. I said that about Loki, but this already takes that cake. Cause it's like really 
blowing my mind. I almost forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me. But that's all I have. That covers everything. With that being With, said. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Luke. I'm Katie. And I'm Taylor. And you have a good one, folks. <laughs>